Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. Join Tyler and his team as they unlock the secrets to achieving financial independence through wealth building strategies inspired by Robert Kiyosaki and other thought provoking leaders. Learn to build leveraged streams of cash flow that land in your pocket and improve your quality of life. Gain access to cutting-edge ideas that will increase your productivity and streamline your success. Find out how to supercharge your retirement plan so you won't have to retire with a pay cut. You can escape the rat race. Are you ready? It's time to Learn to Earn with Tyler Chef. Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. It's that time again. I am here to help you take your real estate investing to the next level. This is your first time tuning in. My name is Tyler Chef, also known as the Cashflow Guy, the voice of passive income, the voice of cash flow. You're probably thinking to yourself, sounds like that guy's got his head in a bucket. It is what it is. But today, folks, we're going to talk to you about networking nightmares and how to avoid them. Networking nightmares and how to avoid them. And I'm going to jump right in here with this with this piece about uh, a week ago, two weeks ago, I was in Dallas, Texas. I was at a, a convention, and during that convention, I got to meet a lot of people, and I was there with some friends here from the Tampa Bay market, and uh, the, the it was called FinCon, Financial Convention, and I got to meet a lot of great people, a lot of good information, a lot of things that I learned when I was there, but here's one of the observations that I made that I, that inspired this podcast. There are some rather obnoxious networking mistakes that people make these days. And I think that as a society, perhaps we've lost a little bit of uh, memory when it comes to how we're supposed to carry ourselves in public. Now, I'm sure some of you may get offended by this episode. And well, I'm not sorry. I don't really care if you get offended, to be perfectly honest with you, because if you're the one making these mistakes, then you should be paying attention, writing notes instead of wasting your time getting offended. So let's go ahead and jump right in right there. I'm going to start with my number one networking pet peeve. And folks, I don't mean to be negative here. My hope, my goal is that you take away from this episode something that will help you help yourself become a bigger, better investor, help yourself learn how to be more appealing to the people that you're dealing with on a daily basis. Let's go ahead and kick off with bad breath or body odor. I have friends that have this issue, and I've had to say to them, you know, would you like a stick of gum? Would you like some candy, something? I carry candy and gum in my pocket, or in my backpack, in my briefcase, pretty much wherever I go. It's for me, but it's also for other people, because there's nothing worse than somebody coming up with dragon breath, you know, that that nasty, stinky breath that either they just got done smoking a cigarette or they just, I don't know, picked up a, a possum on the side of the road and took a big old bite out of it or something. But, oh, my goodness, uh, gorilla breath. I don't know when people stopped brushing their teeth in today's society. I didn't realize that, you know, it's not. this is not, by the way, exclusive to real estate investors. This applies to all people in all cultures. There's a pretty good shot, folks. There's about a 50-50 shot that you've got terrible breath. So do yourself a favor and do a little... And make sure that your breath does not smell like possum or roadkiller. 
dead anaconda or whatever else that you might pick up on the side of the road. Because understand when somebody, this comes to paying attention to body language, when somebody walks up to you, hears you speak, and then they suddenly do an about face or they, they distance themselves. And as you move closer, they move apart, they move farther away. That's probably a good information, a good indication that something that's going on, something that you're giving off is making them maintain that distance. And you know, the next question you may want to ask yourself is, do I smell? Does, is my breath obnoxious? Because nothing says to me, I'm lazy and I don't care about myself more than somebody that has terrible breath or, or, or is incapable of taking a shower. I was at Starbucks the other day here in my town, Tarpon Springs. And I got to say, first of all, shame on the people at Tarpon Springs, uh, Starbucks. I've complained to management many times, never seen them get anywhere. The furniture's old. The place is nasty. They really need to clean it up. I got to stop going there. Every other Starbucks in my market is like a palace as compared to this one. This one's a dump, but I digress. So I'm there, and there's this dude sitting next to me, and we're in the big chair, you know, the big comfy chair at Starbucks, and I smell this obnoxious odor. I mean, it's bad. I was looking for that dead possum under my chair or something. And what it was was stinky feet. This guy's feet were stunk so bad, I had to move. I couldn't take it. It was making my eyes water. It was obnoxious. And here's this dude that's, that's come in, plops himself down, puts his feet up on the table. That in itself is just barbaric. Puts his feet up on the table, and he stunk to no, no, to no end. Please don't do this. Just please don't do this. Okay? Close talkers. This is another good one. Close, close talkers. Jill calls them space invaders. People that are all up in your business, right up in your face. Now, I'm an ex-police officer, so by nature, I'm not good with having people in my safety zone. In other words, if I can reach out and strangle you, there's a pretty good chance I probably will. I'm kidding. No, not really. With that said, give us some space, folks, especially if you're not quite sure, if you're the person that has bad breath or body odor. If you're not 100% sure of that fact, Please give me some distance. Please, please give me some distance. Stand back a little bit. Don't be, you don't have to like, you know, talk to me so close that you fog my glasses. That's a little too close. Okay. That's just a little bit too close. So that's one of the things when you come up, keep a good arm's length distance away from who you're working or who you're talking to. And I understand if it's a loud place, maybe you, go, you relocate to a different place where it's not as loud or lean over and talk to somebody, but just getting up like face to face. Where, you know, your, their necklace is caught in your shirt. That's a problem unless you're dating. Uh, so give yourself an arm's length distance from who you're talking to. Okay. Keep a, a comfortable distance to where number one, you can look each other in the eye without being able to scan their retinas. Okay. <laughs> give them a, give them a little bit of room to move. Talking too much is another one. You know, one of the benefits of having a podcast, I got to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, one of the benefits is that nobody can interrupt me. I can say what I got to say. I can talk as long as I want to talk. And some of you probably get sick of tired of hearing me, hearing me yammer on. You could turn it off. But see, I'll never know. But the good news is, is I get to express myself with nobody interrupting. That's a pretty powerful thing to have. That's a huge benefit of having a podcast. Nobody interrupts. I think it's beautiful. So when you're with around somebody, then they just talk nonstop. Well, they're obviously not concerned about what's going on with you, first of all, which is fine. This is very powerful if you're dealing in negotiations. If the other person's talking nonstop, here's the thing. Let them talk. Let them wear themselves out. 
Just don't fall into the trap of being that guy or that girl that is talking nonstop. I get when people get nervous sometimes they talk a mile a minute. I understand that's a thing. But try to be cognizant of it. Try to understand that that's going on. And let the other person speak. You should walk away from every conversation learning something new from whoever you talk to. And if that's not the case, that's probably a good indication that you did a little more talking than maybe you should have. Okay? A little less talking, a little more listening would be huge. Gentlemen and ladies, I don't know who this is most important to, but how about weak handshakes? I've noticed this a lot lately. I have shake a lot of hands and I'm out meeting people. People hear the, sh- you know, listen to the show. They come up, they introduce themselves, they shake their hands. My shame that that's cool. I love shaking hands. I think that's, that's an important part of, uh, of manners, but they give such a weak handshake. It's as if I'm shaking hands with a trout or a salmon, maybe a, a flounder. Have a good handshake. And by that, I mean, don't break my hand. Don't snap me in two. Let's not have a power struggle. But at least give me a good, firm handshake that I know that you are intent, that you're sincere in the, in the handshake, and that I know that you're not terrified when you give a handshake. Nothing worse than a man, especially, that gives a weak handshake. I expect it to some degree from the ladies. But men, there's no excuse. You know, man up. Give a good handshake, even if it's to a lady. Don't crush their hand, but give them a good, firm handshake. Ladies, this is also very important. You're dealing with a man. You want to establish a little bit of, uh, I guess it's a uh, unspoken dominance, so to speak. Let them know you're on the same playing field as they are. Give them a good handshake. Any Anyone can do this unless you've got a physical disability that keeps you from doing it. I get that you're probably scared, but go ahead and, and push through, get through the other side, and give it a shot. So weak handshakes, that's got to come to a close. Now, one of my favorites, and I say that tongue-in-cheek, one of my favorites is the, is the, the talking too much. And I'm going to go back to that. I want to reiterate that. I know we've already covered it, but I want to hit it again. Talking too much. I have a meme that I put out in Facebook every once in a while. It's one of them little, those little uh, pictures or graphics, whatever, that's got the words on it. It says something along the lines of, I'm sorry I slapped you, but I didn't think you'd ever quit talking, and I got scared and panicked. First of all, I think it's hilarious. Because I could see myself doing that. It's like somebody just yappity, 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 and then you just, like, just slap them to, to get them. And I'm, no, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not condoning you around slap strangers. It's probably a good way to get shot. But you got to admit that sometimes you feel like it. it's like, boy, that person will just never shut up. Don't be that person that talks so much that somebody wants to slap the you-know-what out of you. It gets you to shut up, okay? No eye contact. I didn't get involved in no eye contact. Don't come and talk to me and then stare at the floor, stare at the ceiling, look back and forth all shifty-eyed because I'm not going to trust you, which means anything you have to say, I'm not going to really get out, get behind. I'm not going to endorse or believe a word that you have to say. Therefore, if I can't trust you, I'm not going to do business with you. I'm really not going to listen to a darn word you're going to say because you're shifty-eyed. You're not making eye contact with me. That tells me you're not worthy of my trust. You're not being honest or forthcoming. It could mean that you're just simply nervous or scared. But it also lends itself to let most people think that you're being less than, than ethical or less than honest. So no matter how hard it is, please do your best 
to maintain eye contact, even if you have to look at their nose or look between their eyes if you have to. They give the impression that you're paying attention, number one, because looking away tells me you're not focused on what I'm saying. You're not hearing a darn thing I'm saying. And when you're, you're, you're shifting your eyes all around, it says you're, you're potentially being dishonest. And I know that's not always the case. Usually it's a lot of times it has to do with nerves. You're nervous. One way to overcome this is to practice talking to yourself in the mirror. And I know that sounds bizarre, but you got to do this. I can't begin to stress to you how important this is. Look yourself in the face, in the mirror, turn on your cell phone camera, record selfie videos, and then delete them. Whatever you have to do to get comfortable with looking somebody in the eye. Just like looking at the camera lens. I get it. I can't stand I always forget the camera lens is there, especially on my cell phone. Because you got an iPhone, you turn it sideways to get the landscape thingy. I forget that the camera's on the left when I do that, and I'm looking in the middle of the lens. It, it's crazy. But when I'm using my my big uh, my big Canon camera, I've got a big Canon 80D series camera, I look right into the lens. It's like I'm looking through it, and you, you, you're convinced that I'm talking directly to you, and that's the whole thing. So this is the same thing, folks, in person. Exact same thing, okay? The next thing, and this is a big one, and this one is just flat-out rude. This is a fast way to end any type of a sales call or any type of a, a communication where you think you, you may actually get somewhere. You're going to kill it real quick. And that is interrupting others when they're talking. And we all do it. I know we all do it. I even catch myself doing it sometimes. But you've got to be cognizant of that and ask yourself, have I interrupted somebody recently? And if so, why did I do that? And with that said, am I listening? Am I listening only to respond? And if that is the case, that may be a problem, folks. If you are listening only to respond, that could present a problem. You understand that that means that you're not really listening fully to what's being said to you and you're not completely comprehending what's being said. What you will find is that you may get lost in the conversation if that happens. You absolutely can get lost in the conversation, and that's something that will turn people off. And if you're in any type of a close situation where you're closing somebody, you're in sales, and you're closing, you're trying to raise capital, you're, you're getting a seller to accept an offer, a buyer to accept an offer, whatever, and you keep interrupting people, they're going to get irritated. I've had people do this to me when I'm doing webinars or when I've been speaking. Somebody thinks that whatever they have to say is more important than the guy that's in the front of the room or the girl that's in the front of the room. That's, a, that's borderline obnoxious behavior. Okay, When people are speaking, simply don't interrupt them. Let them speak. Let them get out what they have to say. Okay, Poor dressing habits. And I know every, some people are on a, on, a, on a budget, and I'm not expecting you to dress like Gucci and, and have tailored suits and all this. But dress for the occasion. Okay, I've seen this when I hosted a RIA meeting here locally. I had people showing up to real estate investment meetings. They showed up in like camouflage shorts, sandals, white socks, a tank top. They hadn't showered. They still had dinner on their chin. Their hair was all messed up. And they're coming there hoping that somebody will want to do business with them. The one guy was looking to raise capital. Another guy was looking to manage property. And I thought to myself, you're a slovenly pig. I wouldn't trust you to manage my property because you can't even manage yourself. So what would make me think that you're able to manage my property? You can't take care of yourself. This is what this tells people. So think about that. 
Now, I'm not saying you need to wear a tuxedo to an ARIA, to a RIA meeting, but at least dress presentable, perhaps a collared shirt, or at least a shirt without stains on it. You know, I admire that people have to go out and they, they have to hang drywall or paint or whatever they got to do, but go home and take a shower beforehand. Change your clothes. Don't show up with drywall cake to your hair and holes in your pants. Ladies, don't dress like a slut when you show up to the RIA meetings either. We've got people in our market to do that. They're running around taking pictures of themselves half naked. And then they wonder why people don't want to do business with them. Well, the men are afraid to do business with them in case their wives find out. The women hate them because they're prettier than the, than the other women in some cases. Don't do this silly stuff. These are networking nightmares. You've got to avoid these things at all costs. Dress to fit the situation. Men, wear a collared shirt. Wear some nice shorts or some nice pants, some nice shoes that are clean. If you're going to wear sneakers, make sure your shoelaces are clean, okay? Make sure your shoes are clean. If you're one of those punks that's got your, your, your shorts around your knees and your, your ass hanging out of your shorts and your boxer shorts sticking out of that, let me explain this to you. You look like an idiot. Nobody's going to raise any capital from you. Nobody's going to buy any property from you. You look like a hoodlum, which means nobody's going to do business with you because people, the only people who want to do hood, business with hoodlums are other hoodlums. Normal, respectable people don't want to do business with people that are dressed like gangsters. So leave that stuff where it belongs on the street corner and dress, uh, dress respectably when you go to a networking event. Okay? Punctuality, and I can't, this, I, I really shouldn't, a lot of these things, I can't believe I have to, have to, have to actually say these things. I have to stop and, and record a podcast about this, but I saw so much of this recently that I thought, my goodness, I need to remind a few people, oh, my God, brush your teeth. Be cognizant that you smell like a, like a dead possum. It's like you got in a fight with a skunk and lost or something. I don't know. But punctuality, be on time. See, I am always extremely early to everything I do. If I make an appointment to meet you at 3 o'clock, you can bet your bippy I'm going to be there at 2.30 reading a book because you're not going to be waiting on me. I don't try to get there by 3 because I know that one traffic light one traffic accident, a nail in the road that gives me a flat tire, can therefore make me late. And that means that I'm going to inconvenience you, a fellow human being, because I did not properly plan, and that is irresponsible. So I will sacrifice time out of my day to make sure that everywhere I go, I am early. That's the way mom and dad raised me. That's the way I'm going to be. Nobody's changing that. But I know people that everywhere they go, they are late. And let me tell you something. There is no such thing as fashionably late. That is an excuse to make lazy, inconsiderate people feel better about themselves. There's no such thing as fashionably late. You're just late and you're inconsiderate. Deal with it. The reason why most of you listen to the show and what I'm told anyway is that with me, you're gonna, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm going to tell you the way it is, tell you what I think. You can love it or lump it but you're not going to get a bunch of fluff out of me. That's just not how I do business. You show up late to one of my appointments, I will leave. If I say we're meeting at 3 and it's 3.03 and you're not there, I'm out the door. Have a nice day. That opportunity is closed. There are no second chances. So don't do that. I have people actually book my free consultations. I've had this happen a couple times. Those of you listening to the show for a while know I give a free 30-minute consultation to help people get unstuck phone consultation. I always do them by phone. 
I used to do them in person as well, but here's what happened. I have so many people that don't show up, and I don't even know why they don't show up. They just don't. And this is where I start to get down on wholesalers because I can always tell you it's always the same type of people. It's the people that are, I'm, I want to wholesale. The, the, they're young. They don't have a whole lot of, I don't know who raised them, wolves or whatever, but they're very inconsiderate of my time. And see, if you don't care about my time, then I'm certainly not going to care about yours. Which means if you don't show up to an appointment, number one, you're probably going to get a bill from me for wasting my time. Number two, you're not going to get a second appointment unless you swipe a credit card. Because the second time, if you leave me hanging, it's 500 bucks. That's my penalty for having my time wasted, $500. So I had to actually stop in-person meetings, first-time meetings altogether for that very reason. People want people don't show. They don't even have the courtesy to call. And then they'll, they'll lie to you and say that they got in a car accident, but they show, they pull up in, in their car and there's no scratch on it. I don't get it. So please, please be on time. One of the last network, networking mistakes that I want to bring up, and this comes to, this falls into marketing as well. And this is grammar, folks. Now, we all went to school. Most of us did, right? Either homeschooled or went to public school or private school. And I'm not expecting you to be, you know, some literary genius, but I do expect you to use proper English when you are advertising to a large number of people because not everybody understands your tone when you're writing things out. So, first of all, keep it simple. I know a guy that talks on such a high level, and he's just a regular guy, but he's, he intentionally talks on such a big high level and he uses such big words that me and 20 other people can't understand half of the things he says. And it, it comes off just incredibly arrogant. And I get it that, you know, you guys probably thinking Tyler saying somebody else is arrogant. Yeah, I get it. I'm, I'm competent as well. But arrogance and ignorance are, are come, in my opinion, fall into the same bed. They land in the same pile. I'm confident. There's a difference between confidence and arrogance. I am confident. But I also can re recognize that I'm not the smartest tool in the shed every single time on every single case, and I make mistakes. But what I do do is that when I type something out in a computer and there's that little squiggly red line underneath it, I know that means that the computer thinks I probably spelled it wrong and or it's poor grammar. Here's an example. Hey, I want to help you sail a house. No, you don't want to help me sail a house. You want to help me sell a house. Certain words are pluralized, like Johnny buy houses. I saw this. Somebody actually wrapped their car here in my market. Johnny buy houses. Johnny, B-U-Y, houses. Johnny buy houses. Well, it could be I buy houses. It could be we buy houses. But if you use your name, Johnny, then it would be plural. Johnny buys houses. So if you are listening to this podcast and you work at a company that does car wraps, I hold you responsible for letting some ding-dong put Johnny sell a house on the side of his car, not real, and not telling the poor schlep what he's doing. Please, please do these poor souls a courtesy of educating them accordingly. Please, please do so. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't, I, I, I shouldn't have to record some of this stuff, but you know, every networking event I've been to lately, I have had multiple people 
not observe these simple things. Okay, they, they, it's these things that apparently don't occur to them. The bad breath, the body odor, the close talkers, the weak handshakes, all of this. This is getting out of control in society. You know, as real estate investors, you've got to have a little bit of class and panache to get things done. I'm sorry, but you do. You can't be walking around your coveralls with a piece of straw hanging out of your mouth and cow poop on your boots and plan on raising millions of dollars in the city. That's just not how things are going to work, folks. So you're going to have to, when you see these things, those of you that are out there mentoring others, please, please help these folks understand. Please help them understand. Help them become bigger, better investors. That's all I got for you guys this week. I want to thank you for taking the time to reach out and remind you that if you do want a free consultation, uh, get on a call with me. Go to cashflowguys.com forward slash book Tyler. Cashflowguys.com forward slash book Tyler. It's going to take you over to my calendar, allow you to make a 30-minute consultation call. I can help you get unstuck. We can talk about the weather. We can talk about whatever. I won't talk about sports or politics. I won't give you the courtesy of doing that. But anything else is pretty much fair game. So if you get stuck, you need more more help doing something, getting unstuck, getting your, getting out of your own way, pick up the phone, give me a call. And when you do make an appointment, please show up. Thank you very much for taking your time out this week, guys. I hope you have a great week and we will catch up with you next time. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas so you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.